This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft Teams. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades. Breeze end zone. He hit it. 500 career touchdown passes. From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Nice to have uh, Michael Irvin. He's the broadcaster. You remember him from his Cowboy Days, Hall of Fame receiver, uh, followed his career, and uh, worked with him along the way. And, Michael, it's uh, it's good to talk to you. How are you holding up? Uh, I'm doing well, Chris, as well as we can expect. Right now, 2020 has hit a lot of people, has hit everybody, not a lot of people, has hit everybody right in the mouth. And we all, we all have to take that hit and try to regain our footing and, and, and kind of move forward again. So so I think we're all doing that. And I think the NFL is doing a great job of that with all I, that we've had. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I was so worried, Chris, that we were not going to have a season when all of this COVID thing. And, and you know, I was praying to God. I said, God, you know, football is your sport. You, you helped <laughs> us out. I said, this thing ain't hit to after we had the Super Bowl. Can you please get this thing out of here before we start the season? You know yeah. what I'm, saying? Uh, I'm glad you still have a direct line to the man upstairs. I know you've leaned on him often uh, in, in, in your life. And no, I got to tell you, Michael, this, we're still not through it, but let's give the NFL not only for where they are now, but going back when people fought them on the draft, you know, don't even do it virtually. And they, they took the league, Goodell, whatever, or all the critics, they stepped forward and said, well, we'll find a way to do this within the safest boundaries, right, for what we know and how you said it. We're all adjusting in, in every phase of our – but let's try to go forward with this, and, and it has. It's been, it's been an amazing journey, and they keep adjusting. And, I, uh, you know, look, we crowned an NBA champ, NHL champion, a World Series champion, and we're going to have a Super Bowl. So I, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, and me, and me too. And, and I've I, I watched this thing the whole way. You know, when baseball started back and basketball started back up. And I, I'm going to tell you, Chris, when everybody went crazy, when the Marlins had that outbreak, yep. everybody went crazy. I was just carefully watching it. And then and then I was like, okay, okay. The, and I love what MLB did. They continued to move forward, continue to work through it. And then I said, okay, this, this means we have a shot. Because the media didn't go crazy, you know. They talked about it, they covered it, but they didn't—they didn't go crazy because the Marlins were still trying to move forward. And I said, okay, if we have an outbreak, maybe we can still move forward, you know. Because I was just measuring everything that was going on to how it's going to go on in the NFL, and and I'm with you on that. When they said they were going to do a draft, I told I told Commissioner Goodell, I appreciate you for moving forward. I told. My man, Dana White. Remember when Dana White first said we're having UFC fights? They wanted to get rid of him. Like, you yeah. ain't in them. You should never be allowed back in America again. How <laughs> dare you do this? And, and I told Dana, because he's a great friend. I said, man, I, I appreciate you moving forward. Because at some place, somehow, we, we need to have some kind of distraction, some kind of getaway, <laughs> something that we enjoy. We enjoy MMA. We enjoy sports. So I'm just glad that, that all the people that are in charge did what they need to do to, to, to keep it moving, to try to keep us some normalcy in this un, unnormal year. Yeah, and there are – look, the NFL has a contingency plan. They have a backup plan to a backup plan, and we're not being insensitive to, to the reality of the situation. We're just trying to – the worst thing to do is to sit there 
and and do nothing. When you say we the right. media, uh, how about this, Michael? We the media. You've actually been a media guy more than you were an NFL player, right? In terms of your years of working in the business. Not that we're getting old or anything, but I just think that's. <laughs> <kind of interesting. laughs> but but we are getting old. We are getting old. <laughs> it, 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 and that's the great, Chris. You know, like you said, we we work together, Chris. And you think about that. And, I was working with you when I first basically first came off the football yeah, field. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I think through like it's one thing I was blessed to have an NFL career. Uh you know, and only play for one team and, and, and win Super Bowls, won championships in college and all of that stuff. I was blessed to do all of that. But then to come back on a second act that lasts longer than my first act lasted, that, that's truly a blessing, buddy. It's truly yeah. a blessing. Well, and you're the perfect personality for it. I'm really proud of watching, you know, your your success, whether you were doing radio and now you have the Michael Urban podcast, which is you being you. I can't wait to kind of dive and listen more. I know you, you've had some some great guests on already. But when you were talking about how we're all adjusting with, you know, how about you? You're the most social guy I know who loves to be out and talking to people and doing things. And this is this is you probably had to kind of realign things being, you know, just kind of cautious about everything and the isolation, if I can use the right word, because it has hit, especially the outgoing crowd, a lot more. And it has. And it's so funny you said it because I, I had Chris Carter on. We wanted to break down at the midpoint, waypoint, all the receivers. I had him on my podcast. And that's exactly how he started. He said, man, I know this hurt you more than anybody because you like to hug and grab too much. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I was like you're right. And, and, and honestly, I, honestly, I think I, w- I went through at the beginning of this, you know, I, when we this first started, Chris, we all talked about, you know, we always talk about, man, I'm going to take a break. After the season, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to get away. I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. Right, but you right. never really do it. You never really do it. Right. You say it every year, but no one ever does it because we're all workaholics and we find other work. Even when we're supposed to be getting away, <laughs> we find other work. That's what we did. But the COVID said, no, you're going to take a break for real this time. You know what I'm saying? It made you take a break. And for about the first four days, I was like, this is cool. But that fifth day, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> for four days is all I could take of not working. That fifth day, I was going crazy. And I said to myself, let's get up. Let's get moving. Let's go do something. And, and my mantra has always been, every morning I get up, I said, don't let it get you, Michael. Don't let it get you. Don't let don't let these times get you. Don't let the depression that comes with these kind of times get you. Don't sit around the bed and don't lay in the bed and lay around because it'll get you. I just keep saying <laughs> that in my head. Don't let it get you. Get up and go get something done. Yes, because it does create for no matter who you are, a sense of complacency, just like when a player retires, even at a young age or, or uh, somebody who's been in business their whole life at an older age, when they retire, if they don't have something else that they're either passionate about or another kind of business, uh, they don't grow. It, it, it kind of eats them up. Now, do you think that comes for you? Do you think that's inherent or uh, having I, 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 all these years we've talked, I didn't realize, you know, you're the Fort you came from the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. I grew up in that same North Miami, Hollywood, Florida area. And, um, you know, we went to rival high schools, even though at different times you were an athlete. I was talking constantly, but you had what, a family of 17. You had 17 siblings. Is that right? Or have yes, that yes, right? yes. Six, 16 brothers and sisters. I'm the 15th of 17. Um, yeah. And, and that was always interesting. That was interesting growing up in that environment, in that situation. You know, and, and, and being the 15th, too, that means I was one of the younger guys. Right. So so we had when you, when you don't have 
we don't, well, I won't say you don't have much. We didn't have anything. We right. didn't have anything. Really? I, I, I just be real. When, when I go out and speak now, I tell people about it. I say, you know, we were poor growing up and I, I, I speak for a living. I know the correct word is poor, but right. we were too poor to afford the other <laughs> or the R. We just said poor. We left it at poor. Boy, you poor. We were all poor. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we had nothing. Wow. We had nothing. So at an early age, I was like, wait a minute. I'm not, I don't want to live my life like this the rest of my life. I have. So I've always had that drive. I've always had a drive to do something. I wanted to be different. I wanted to go and accomplish some things. And, and, but, but what's tough about it is when you're coming up with so many people and, and you're in that kind of environment, that kind of neighborhood, they've never seen anybody go do some of the things you're talking about. So when you share your, 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 your dreams, your, your desires to go and do these things out of love, not out of hate or hurt, but out of love, people, people are like, wait a minute, Michael, man, what, what you, who do you know playing NFL? You think you sure you can go, you can make it to the NFL. And they were just trying to say, let's make sure you have a backup plan. Let's make sure you do this. Cause we don't know anybody that made it. You don't know anybody that made it. Who told you, you can make it. Those were the kind of things wow. that you had to overcome. You have to overcome people saying things like that, not out of animosity, not out of right. hurt, but really out of love and keep moving forward. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's all they know or that's all they as far as they can see. You had a vision right. much more than that. And then and then, Michael, there's the part of your life where you have to handle success. Right. You get the big jump. All of a sudden you're a star. You've, you've got money. I mean, there's a, that's a, everybody says I can have every, everybody who doesn't have money says, Oh, I can handle all kinds of money. And then sometimes they get there and they don't, you always hear these stories about people who win the lottery, right? That, right. That, right. Money gone. Yeah. Money so what, gone. what, how, how did you, in a, in a nutshell, we don't need to get specific, but I think people listening uh, can appreciate people like any athlete or entertainer. If you, you're not an overnight success, you worked hard to be successful, right. but then there are pitfalls. I know that it sounds, we're not complaining. We're just talking about the reality. So how do you get through that? Right. Uh, so in the reality, yes. the reality of it, and 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 that's something. So even when I speak, I, I, especially when I'm speaking to to a certain audience, like kids or everything, or young young adults that are trying to make it, I always tell them that that they're, 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 you have to monitor your success, and you have to make sure that they're parallel in this sense, Chris. You cannot have great success in your profession without having great growth in your person. If you have great success in your profession without great growth in your person, then you're going to have some problems because you're going to have all of the things that come with the great success, the money, the fame, the opportunity, the beautiful women, all of those things that come with great success, but your person is not in a place to handle that and continue to move forward. And that's what happened with me. You know, I was having such great success in my profession, but I wasn't growing quite enough, maturing enough in my person. And that brought about some pitfalls that brought about some bad decisions and everything. So I try to tell them now, You listen, I don't care what you say and who, who you think you are. If you don't monitor your personal growth while you're having professional growth, you're going to have a real problem. 
Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. With Together Mode, you can bring everyone together in one space in the same virtual room. You can bring the power of true collaboration to your projects with whiteboard, drawing, sharing, and building ideas in real time, all on the same page. And with Large Gallery View, you can see more of your team all at once with up to 49 people on screen all at the same time. You can even raise your hand virtually so everyone can be seen and heard. When there are more ways to be together, there are more ways to be a team. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. What's the number one thing people ask you when you go to speak uh, beyond just football in your career? What's, is there one thing that resonates more than another, a question that's more common than another that they ask you about? People always want to know, how, how did you know you were going to play football. Uh, mm. How did you know? You know, they 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 it's it's they 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 want to know how to discover, and this is what I discern it to be when they're asking me that. You 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 really you want to know how to discover your calling. That's what that is. Oh, I, okay. I, I, you want to know how do I find my calling? Your calling would be all around you little things that's in you, the things that you gravitate towards. You know, I knew I wanted to play football when I, 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 when I was a kid and, and, and coming up in Fort Lauderdale, as you said, it was 16 brothers and sisters and, 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 and not having anything. The first time I went to school, uh, when they put us to school the first time, I remember walking in class and I, I thought I was the dumbest kid in the world. I thought I was the dumbest kid in the world, Chris. Wow. You know, this was this was round. So I'm, I was born '66, so you're saying '672. So imagine this. Now they're just starting to bus kids out because they were desegregating, right? We lose Martin Luther in '68. Now when when I come up to go to school, they had just started busing kids out, and they had bust me a ways away from my house to to integrate the schools and do everything. And, and I remember walking in. I was in with all these white kids, and they were the, the teacher asked, "Who knows your colors?" Every kid raised their hand except me. Who knows how to spell their name? Every kid raised their hand. And I thought I was the dumbest kid in the world. And then you fast forward, you know, my second, third grade year, they got me a tutor. And this kid, this guy, he brought a ball. He said, hey, we finished this math in time. We can go out and play catch. And and, and I just felt so inferior, you know, but I, I got through the math and he went out. He started throwing me a football and he said, man. And he guy he, he he drove back and threw it harder, and I would catch it. And he, and he said, he said, man, man, you could be special catching like this. That's wow. all I needed to hear because wow. I had felt so badly about myself because I didn't know those things in the classroom. To hear him say, you can be special, right? Then I was like, ding! I'm that's what I'm <laughs> that's what I'm doing. This is yes, what I'm doing. I'm gonna be it, special at this. That that, that it, it meant that to me. Now later on, of course. I, I ultimately go to school. I went to the University of Miami. I graduated after my junior year of eligibility so right. and, and left school early. Back then, you had to graduate early. Right. You had to graduate to go to the NFL early. Graduated with a business degree and then entered the draft. And I realized, even back then, that it wasn't I was the dumbest kid in the world, that all those other kids had preschool. I didn't. We didn't have preschool in the ghetto. <laughs> There was no preschool. All we had was Miss Doris, and she watched the stories. I knew more about Erica Kane than I knew ABCs and Ds. That's what's the problem. 
You wow. know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yes. So, so it was, I just didn't have the opportunity. And, and, and I thank God for all the people I met along the way that helped me see that and said, son, it's not something you can't do. It's just something you were not exposed to. Yeah. And then you were, it sounds like passion for football, but also driven, you know, to do, to not, as you said, not live the the world you were in. You wanted to change things. And those then you worked at it. And you know, obviously Hall of Fame class in 2007, the Super Bowl years with, with the Cowboys. And, and can we just, you know, I like talking about all kinds of things, but this current Cowboy team that we watch on the NFL network and we hear, hear you <laughs> try to try to keep the faith, not that you're going to jump off any any cowboy bandwagon, but I, I'm surprised too, not just this year, but where this organization is. And I, I happen to be a Jerry Jones fan. I get criticized for that too, just because I met him and had through the years, just right around the time when I was at ESPN and covered him and saw you and this team come together with Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith. And I'll ask you about those guys, but how, how would you sum up this current cowboy situation, Michael? And then how would you, how would you rectify it? How would you correct the problem? I, I, it, it, it's sad. It really is. And, and this year, this year is different. You know, I look at it and say, oh, my God, wow. You know, because I thought they had all the tools. I thought they had what they needed. And, 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 and I didn't think that Mike McCarthy was a bad hire. You know, I was like, OK, let, let's see how this works out. They wanted somebody solid and, and everything. But he's been hit with injuries in the two toughest positions, the toughest spots that you can have injuries on a football field. You, certainly the quarterback. It, it, it is a t- it's tough to succeed without your quarterback. And then the number two spot is the offensive line. There is no more critical situations than those two situations, losing your quarterback and losing basically your whole offensive line to put you in a tough situation. So how do we measure Mike McCarthy? I look at guys like Mike Tomlin. I see what Mike Tomlin did last year. Mike Tomlin said, okay, I don't have Ben. But 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 I'm going to drive these guys and work them. And then I'm going to make sure I'm going to see who fights every down and every second. And I'm going to see who does it. And the guys that fight, I'm going to keep them and add them to all my guys when they get back. The Ben Roethlisberger and all those guys get back. And you'll see what I do with that. Now they're undefeated. They've gone from 8-8 eight to 8-0. Eight to eight oh. yeah. You know what I'm saying? They went from 8-8. Eight to 8-0 because he managed that downtime well. Now he's he's riding the uptowns great. He's riding uptowns perfectly. That's what I want to see out of Mike McCarthy. I don't expect this team to go anywhere, but I want to see him manage this downtime well. And then when Dak Prescott comes back, Leo Collins and Tyron, uh, uh, Tyron Smith and all those guys come back, I want you to add the studs you found on this downtime with those guys and let me see you go do something next year like Mike Tomlin is doing this year. That's how we measure it. How did you, for those that didn't hear your comments, when players, and I was alarmed that this came from this McCarthy team at this time about the, they questioned the coaching or they weren't putting him in the best position. And, and, and obviously you come from a player's point of view, but now you've been an observer. How, how do you sum that up with this particular team? And I had heard some rumblings uh, uh, even prior to all of that. You know, some of the players are saying, and that's why whenever I say, oh, well, put your name on it. Don't yeah. don't snitch. Or I heard Mike McCarthy say, well, I got an open door policy. And I say, I- I'm sitting back saying, I know guys that said they tried to talk to you guys. They tried to make suggestions. And, and some of the guys got cut. You know, you got rid of some people that were talking. 
uh, um, and, and making, uh, uh, trying to come and talk to you. So, so, so don't come out here and say, well, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I'd rather people put your name on it. Like, stop. We've had insiders in this business as long as this business business has been going on. So people are giving out information. It's to stop, stop fighting and complaining about the information getting out there and fight and complain about finding a solution for what information has gotten out here. You see what I mean? That's yep. what I wanted them to do. Work on the solution. Stop fighting and saying, well, who, who blew the whistle? The whistle needed to be blown. Somebody needed to do something to stop what we've seen. Doesn't yeah? Doesn't matter who it needs to be out there. Are the Cowboys still America's team? You, I'm glad you asked this question because this I need to clarify for people. My job is to study this information. I get so much data because the NFL gives you data on everything. They'll tell you how how many times somebody had the hiccups in a year. That's what they give. They give you information on everything, and everybody's always trying to snatch this tag from my Cowboys of America's team. Did you know, did you know, since since the, the dawn of the Super Bowl era, since the dawn of the Super Bowl era, who do you think is the winning percentage, by winning percentage, number one and number two teams in the National Football League since the Super Bowl era? I'm sure the Cowboys are one of them, or you wouldn't bring it up. I wouldn't bring it up. The Cowboys are number one. The Steelers are number two. Since the Super Bowl era, winning percentage right there. So for all of these people to hold the Cowboys should be America's team, the Cowboys, by winning percentage, has won, is the number one team in the NFL in the Super Bowl era, winning percentage. That's all I'm saying. If I had a mic, I would drop it right here. Bam! We're done with that right there. But I yes. don't have a mic. <laughs> but but you are you are <laughs> you are Mike. Well, I wasn't even. I'm not so much questioning because I think in my study of the history of the game and the years going through it, it's more than what's on the field. It it yeah. was a. It's capturing you know a nickname. Other people, even if you say it yourself, it only holds water if other people use it. And through time, it was about the popularity of what this team became. Whether they were winning or losing, they're like the Yankees. When they win, hey, it's great. There's a story. There's haters. When they lose, it's a story. Even it's a team you care about, a franchise, whether the you know you like another team or not. They they matter. They affect people in in so many ways. So for me, uh, that's why I think they still get that label. And that is exactly what I'm saying too. It 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 draws something out of you, or, or, or and 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 it goes to that being. America's team. I, I heard I heard the stumblings and the rumblings last week because they were playing Pittsburgh, where 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 you know they say Art Rooney offered uh they, they were offered America's team. Pittsburgh Steelers were offered America's team. And 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 okay, if they did, I don't know that it would have ran the way it ran. Think about all of the peripherals that go on with this. The Cowboys, all right. The the, the logo is a star. The star right. is in the flag. It's right there in the flag. So so it, it, it kind of runs well together right there. And those little things like that, um, when you think about it, I, I think it was the perfect, perfect nickname yep. for the perfect team. I really do believe that. And it's right in the middle of the country. It's right in the middle of the country, Dallas yep. is. So you can grab people from both on both coasts. 
because that's who you, you spread out to both coasts. I, I yeah. think it's the perfect nickname for the Cowboys. Well, and it came at a, at a right time too, with the with television and the expansion of broadcasting and the and the uh, and the National Football League. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room. Collaborate live, drawing, sharing, and building ideas with everyone on the same page. And make sure that more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Speaking of Super Bowl, your teams, I'm going to throw out a few of the names and you give me a, a sentence or the first thing, the first line, first thing, first thought that comes to mind. Uh, if I say uh, Emmett Smith. Oh, man. Directed. <clears throat> Directed. OK. How about Charles now, Haley? How about Charles Haley? Just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I hear you on that one. What about uh, Deion Sanders? <clears throat> Gifted. Gifted. OK. Uh, uh, let's see. Troy Aikman. Honorable. Honorable, yeah, he's one that all oh, he. You got some guys that speak so highly of you as as if you were brothers. It's so amazing. How about uh, Jerry Jones? Uh, that's a, it's hard to put one word on Jerry. <laughs> we but can the put one a word on. <laughs> I would give Jerry the one word I will give Jerry that I think ride above all is loyal. Jerry will be loyal to a fault, wow. and, and 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 I love him for that. And, and honestly, Chris, between you and I, it, it hurt me. Um, because I know how loyal he is and I know what he means. I know, I know the kind of, uh, care he gives all his players and the guys that are around him and, and everything. So when, when, when everybody was, well, where's Jerry with, with all of this? And why won't Jerry come out and make a conversation and to try to turn it as if Jerry what was, well, is Jerry racist because he won't come out and say, I, 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 I that, that. That hurt me so much. It hurt me so much to hear people saying that because yeah. I know it must have hurt him so much, you know, because it, 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 I know how much he cares. I've seen him. I've talked to him. I've implored Jerry, listen, we're going to do this. I want you to do this for this dude. I want you to help this guy out. I want you to do this. We need to give him an opportunity. We want to make sure his story ends well. You know, we want to believe him. I, I know how often... He's been there and given people opportunities and done things that nobody knows about. And you do all of that. You do all of that. And ultimately, to hear those kinds of things being said about you, they must hurt. That's why I tell people, listen, I want everybody to say Black Lives Matter. I want everybody to say it. But just because you say it doesn't mean that that, that, that you are absolved 400 years of slavery. I want to see the footprints that you have placed in the sand before you said it. And if those footprints didn't say anything or you didn't do anything, that's fine. I, I want to see the footprints after you have said it because I want to see what you're going to do. Jerry, if you check his footprints in the sand, Jerry footprints in the sand holds well. He's done great things for African-Americans. He's done great things with players, giving guys opportunities that no one else would give an opportunity. So I, I, I just... I, I I was hurt watching all of that transpire. Yeah. It just it made me feel bad. Loyal well, is the word I would give him. Yeah, no, and I and that's, I'm glad you said that because the years I've been around him too, I've seen the same thing that you have, not to the degree you have internally, but it's nice to hear you say that and step forward for people uh, that have doubt, that have judged, that don't know him and and what he's done. Uh, what one other name here, Jimmy Johnson, which is cool because you had him in college at the University of Miami, and then you had him obviously in in the NFL. 
a Hall of Famer like yourself? I, I, I think miracle. Miracle. I think wow. miracle. Miracle. Uh, and, and when I speak, I call him a miracle on my journey. You know, uh, I had just lost my father my, my junior year in high school. You know, I didn't play football. I transferred out of public school, went to a private school, and then the public school took me to court. And uh, the court determined I couldn't play any sport. And my dad had gotten sick my junior year, and he, he was so happy. He was saying, you know, um, he said, son, I'm so glad you're making a decision that's going to help your future. You know, but he had gotten sick. And since I wasn't playing because the court ruled I couldn't play my whole junior year, I was able to be the one to drive him to and from the hospital. And and, and so I got a chance to spend a lot of time with him. I lost him. You know, he was it, it, I lost him three days before my senior year, oh, three days sure, before sure. my first game, my senior year. And and so I played out the senior year. And then I go to I, I go to uh, University of Miami. My first day, my first day at Miami, you know, and I'm still dealing with. You know, I'm just trying to make it. I want to get I, I want to get my family out of this ghetto, out of this hellhole we live in. So I got to Miami. I came in as a freshman. I say, listen, guys, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I understand all the freshman stuff. We'll do it. But I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm here on a purpose. I got to get something done. I got to take care of my mom. I promised my dad on his deathbed I will take care of my mom. So, you know, I get in there and end up messing with all this rookie stuff. The first day I get in a fight with an offensive lineman at the <laughs> food table. He 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 ordered, I wanted the steak. You know, I had never seen any tables like this at this training table. I wanted this steak. And they were like, freshman, you get big. You can't order any food. That's fine. I'll get back. I'll sit down and wait my turn. And then, and then they just stayed there. So I cut in front of them again and ordered. And then, freshman, didn't I tell you to get back? I got back. Then I, I you know, I was patient. I was patient. Then they stopped. And then he ordered the same thing. He said, give me that freshman steak right there. I'm going to take that steak. <laughs> Man, when he said that, I took my tray, cracked it across his head. <laughs> he's 285, 290 pounds. I was kicking him and whooping his butt. Man, they called me called me to the office. And Jimmy was there. It was, it was my first time. Jimmy and I, we got there the same day, the same time. He said to me, he, and I'll never forget, he said, son, listen. He said, son, I know you've gone through a lot in these last few years. I know you lost your father and, and, and everything. He said, son, I'm going to be here for you. I promise you, I'm going to be here as long as you are here. You will, you're not losing anybody here. We're going to help you and undergird you. He said, son, we just can't be fighting each other. We got to fight the other team. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm not going to, because I the whole walk to the office, I was like, oh, my God, I messed up. He's going to send me home. I just got here. Now, I just got, I, I got, just got, just got out of the ghetto, and they're ready to send me back. But Coach didn't send me back. He understood what, wow. what I had gone through, and he worked with me on it. And, and, and for that, I've always told him, I just consider him to be the miracle on my journey because that little situation there could have gone a lot differently and I not had an opportunity to fulfill my career. Well, that's a, no, that's a great story that I, and of course, you know, work with Jimmy and I'm a big fan. In fact, all those guys I rattled off hall of famers as, as yourself. I, I, I won't keep you too long. I do want to ask you 
the we talk about the greats of all time. You know, basketball. It says is LeBron. You know, Michael Jordan's the guy. I like Will Chamberlain. If you go back historically, give me your and you'd be on the list because we've had Jerry Rice here on on CMI the Chris Myers interview before too. And I don't think there's any question. But is in in your mind, and we'll, Michael Irvin, we're going to put you aside because you're the analyst for a moment. Uh, your top three receivers of all time in, in NFL history. And, and would Jerry Rice be at the top to start that? I, 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 I you always say this, Chris. I used to always tell people, and, I, I, and you know, it's how you have to feel and how you have to believe, you know. Um, I, I call Jerry Rice Jesus in cleats. He was in my locker. He was in my locker in college. He was in my locker in, in, in the NFL. I, I, I remember first meeting him at the Pro Bowl um, when, when, I, when I just won receiver of the year. And, and, and I was at the Pro Bowl, and Jerry Rice came up behind me. He said, hey, Irv. I said, oh, my God, it's Jerry Rice. Just call my name. You know, I, the same guy that I had in my locker. I, I said, and, and I said to myself, don't turn around. Make him call you again. And I just, <laughs> he said, hey, Irv. I said, Jerry Rice, what's up, man? He said, hey, man, listen, I just want to tell you, it was great chasing you this year, but I'm already training for next year. Ooh. I'm like, oh my God. That told you something about what Jerry Rice was, man. So 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 I, I call him Jesus and Cleeks. He's the greatest. I think for me, Jerry Rice is the greatest football player, period. Okay. The greatest football player, wow. period. But I used to tell people, I said, but as soon as you finish with that E and Rice, you start with that M and Michael. Right after that E with Rice, <laughs> you start with that M with Michael. Because Jerry played 18 years. I really got in nine years. Because, you know, 130, 140, 50 games, something like that. But we got the same amount of rings. That's what counts. We have okay. the same <laughs> amount of rings. If you ask me for my three all-time, if I exclude myself, I put a team together. I have Jerry Rice on one end. I probably put Randy Moss. Okay, wow. All right. On the other end. And I can do a lot of things with this slot guy. I, I, I had Chris <laughs> Carter on my podcast. I can put Chris Carter and win with it. You know who I, I think nobody gives credit to that belongs in here is Andre Reed. Andre Reed, especially if I'm looking for a slot guy, very few people were as good as Andre Reed running that slot. Oh, that's a good one though, from the from the Bills era. All right, and then real quick before I let you go, of today's receivers, the, you know, Devontae Adams maybe doesn't get the credit that Julio Jones and and then and, and, and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who would be your top three current guys in the game? My top guy, and and and, and just because 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 I prayed so much and and I've had so many arguments with God on my threshing floor about all the gifts He gave Julio Jones that He didn't give me. I'm like God. Wait a minute. <laughs> Can we not have a conversation about it? Julio Jones is perfect to have that size, that 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 speed, the fluidity that he has. We're talking about DK Metcalf as a beast, and he is a beast. But but Julio is a, a is a route running monster at that size and that speed. DK is still learning how to run those routes. He has great speed, so he's easily he's running away from a lot of people. But Julio knows how to master the whole field, and DK Metcalf will get there. So I, I will go Julio. You know who else I would go after Julio? I would go D Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, uh-huh. and, and then probably Devontae Adams in there. Now, if you ask me about the most feared receiver, the most feared receiver, that's Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek okay. Hill is the most feared receiver in the National Football League. And all the success that all those other guys are having on Kansas City is because 
He is so feared. And Andy knows how to work on your fears with Tyreek Hill. That's a good a good list. All right, the, the, the Michael Irvin podcast with a lot of uh, the stories and the charisma that Michael has brought here. You'll get it every week, so look for the Michael Irvin podcast. Do you enjoy asking questions, having guests? Is it more you just telling stories? How would you describe your podcast? No, Chris, I, you know, I, I enjoy the guests and the conversing. The conversing is, is what it's about, to have a chance to converse with people. Uh, yeah, Chris, you know, you do TV like I do TV, you know, and most of the time you're sitting on TV – we're talking at people, but on radio and on podcasts, we're speaking with people. True, true growth and edification comes from collaboration. That's us sharing one with another, us talking one to another. Uh, uh, so then we're changing ideas and, and, and thoughts. That's why diversity is so important. Now we get true growth. So, yeah, I love what I do and being able to be on TV and talk football and do all those things. But nothing. Nothing is like talking with people and being able to sit down and share stories with people in the long form like we're doing here on your podcast. Yeah, well, and I look forward to listening to it. And all these years, I always enjoy talking to you. And uh, keep up the good work. Stay in touch. Stay healthy. And uh, we'll see you on TV and enjoy the rest of the NFL season. Absolutely, Chris. Chris, you remember when we first started, we had that show. It was you, uh, me, Tony, Saragusa. Right. Uh, <laughs> did we have was was Marv Levy on that one too, and did we have uh, we had something we had uh, trying to think who who else who was we the had comedian? A, what was what was the comedian? Uh, was the it comedian? Tommy Davidson or Tommy Davidson? Tommy yeah. Davidson. Oh Tommy yeah, he was Davidson. funny. He was very. Oh funny. god, him and, and I used to watch you as as Tommy Davidson <laughs> and, and Tony Saragusa. Tom, Tom Tony would be tying up Tommy Davidson and all, and here you are. The professional that you are, you must have been sitting there saying, what the hell do they have me doing? Have, well, uh, you know, I got this 300-pound no, dude tying up the 140-pound dude. Yeah. Oh, we're taping them up. It, we, we had so much fun. It was crazy. Man. You know, that was the forerunner. You're right. Underneath, I was sweating bullets. like the prof- But I was having so much fun. It was called it was called uh, Good Morning Football or uh, on FS1, which was Fox Sports, right. a division of that. Right, David Hill put this creation together, and it really what's later become a lot of the pregame shows, and even and the guys from you know Terry and Howie would come on or lead us in. But it's kind of what the NFL Network has in the morning. They wanted something to be in addition to the serious pregame, you know, reports and all that. Have Uh-oh. fun. Yeah, have fun. Have, have you fun. guys talking football, and we did. Right. That was crazy, and a lot right. of- and we had fun. And, and everybody's doing it now. Not 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 just in the football world. You right. look at the Jimmy Fallon. That's what Jimmy Fallon. He, right. That's why he's having such great success because he gets people away from just the talking, and he brings out physical comedy. We yeah. were doing yeah. physical comedy. That's right, right. Physical, emotional, mental, and, and, and right, and, and it's also with the NBA with uh, Charles Barkley and Ernie with those guys. Right, 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 And you know what that is too, Chris? Because today, today's people, today's with today with all these platforms, you have to do more to hold attention. No, but every every people don't want to just sit there and see you talk. That that used to be Walter Cronkite when we right. watched the news. Right. Nobody wants to see that now. They want to see that you enjoy, like, like they want to see that you enjoy what you're doing, like they enjoy what, they, what they're watching. They want yeah. to see that. And I, and I think it makes a huge difference. I agree. And they want to see personalities and people involved and engaged. And, and that we are that, you know, because years ago you were taught not to be that way on the air. You had to give the, it had to be all information. Well, you take care. We'll, uh, we'll see you. We'll talk again real soon. I enjoyed it as always, Michael. Absolutely, Chris. Appreciate you, buddy. 
All right, Michael Urban with us on CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live. Building ideas on the same page. And see more of your team on the screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams.